0: Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We'll start reading in verse 12. Colossians chapter 3. And we'll begin reading in verse 12. Colossians 3. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, And spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do come before you this morning to say thank you for the opportunities that you present. Thank you, Father, for another day, another opportunity to be gathered in your house amongst your people. I pray, Father, for your guidance and your direction to remain throughout our services this morning, that you would have your will and your way in all that's said and done. Father, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is is words that you desire to come out of my mouth. I pray, Father, that you you lock up my opinions, and and I pray, Father, that everything that's spoken is glorifying to your name. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. My Bible titles this section of Scripture as Character of the New Man. Character of the New Man. I'm trying to get to a different place with this. I'm trying to get to um, the end of this, but we're not going to just skip all the other good stuff that's in this. Some of it we won't uh, cover, but um, a lot of it we'll, we'll take a little time with it. Uh, but I'm, I'm really, really wanting you to walk out of here with the understanding that whatever you do, all that you do, in word or deed, everything you say, everything you do, do it, do it, look, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything you do, whether whatever you speak, whatever comes out of your mouth, Whatever deeds you do, wherever you go, whoever you're with, make sure that you are constantly and forever conscious that you are a representative of Jesus Christ. And that everything you do shines and radiates light into darkness wherever you're at. Because if it's not going that way, it's going the other way and we'll get there shortly. The character of the new man. Therefore, as the elect of God, and we're going to go through this first part of this real, real slow. The elect of God, this is is us finding out who we're talking to, who the letter, who the words were written to. And this is the elect of God. That's That's who this is talking to, the elect of God. That is the children of God. That is the followers of Christ. That is the believers. That is, in our day and time, in terms, the Christian is who this is to. The churchgoers, the believers. That's who this is to. Now, you understand he addressed them as the elect of God. That's very significant. What does it mean to be elect? Chosen. You are the chosen of God. You didn't stumble into this way of life. You were chosen for it. You were called to it. You had to respond to it. Next word. Holy. Holy. The elect of God. And in the description of those people is holy and beloved. Let's stop at holy. What is holy? Holy is set apart, right? Holy is set apart. And not only set apart, but set apart above others when we think about the holiness of God God's holiness is so big we can't get our minds wrapped around it and then when we compare that holiness of God to our sinfulness and our natural unrighteousness then we begin to see this great gap between where God is where we are and we're trying to fill that gap we're trying to close that gap holy set apart A higher standard. Beloved. What does it mean to be beloved? How much did God love you? Y'all have heard me put value on things before, and I always use this example because it it spoke volumes to me when I found it 13, 14 years ago. In our industry, where I work, we deal with heavy equipment and things. My boss has got a book that's about, about the size this way of a Bible, and about this tall, and they're available every year, and they're published, and what they are is, is, is a value guide for equipment. So if somebody calls him and says, hey, I'm looking at a 96JD6, a which is the first three of the serial number, and, and the, the model, he can go to that book and say, well, this is the value, and the value in this book is based on auction results. So it's not a guesstimated value of a piece of equipment. He knows what it's worth. They know what it's worth based on what somebody already gave for one similar to it. Right? So that is what you call an actual value. The other way to do it is to look at it and try to guess in your mind what it's worth. Like when you go to buy a a car... You can either take the time to research what people are paying for that vehicle and get an actual value, or you can just guess and go, Well, you know, I think it's worth about... Because something is really worth what? What somebody's willing to pay. That's how you put value on something. You can ask what you want all day long. But it's really worth what somebody's willing to give for it. So the true way to get value of something is to find out what people have paid for it, right? Can I tell you, what you how beloved you are? Do you know what somebody was willing to pay for you? Do you understand that Christ died on your behalf? You're worth dying for. And not because I think it might be that way. It happened. It's proven. That's an actual value. Somebody already did it. You are to die for you are worth dying for. That's your value, and that's an actual value based on something that's already taken place. Beloved. So let's go back. Elect of God, you are chosen. Holy, you are set apart. And beloved, how much did he love you? Enough to die for you. This is a very select group of people that this letter's written to. This don't include everybody. This is the elect of God. This is the holy. This is the beloved that he's talking to. This isn't just a random letter written by a random person to a random group of people. It's very specific. These instructions are very specific. These aren't instructions for everybody walking the streets today. These are very specific instructions to a very specific group of people. The elect of God, the chosen The holy, the ones that have been set apart. And the beloved, those that are to die for. Very specific. Now let's get a little further and a little deeper. Because we get some very specific instructions behind this very specific description of the group that we're talking to. Here's the instructions. And don't read far because we ain't going far. Put on. Stop right there. See, that's what I've learned to be an action word. So what I know from reading this to this point is this is fixing to require me to do something. This is an action where this isn't something that's going to come natural to me. This is something these instructions that are coming are fixing to require me to get outside of what's natural to me. I'm going to have to put on, physically pick up and put on something. All right, the first thing on the list is tender mercies. Put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness, put on long-suffering. Let me tell you something about this list of things that you're being required to physically put on. They don't come natural to you. There's only one source of them. One source. See, he started this letter with the elect of God, holy and beloved. Then he goes into a series of instructions. Put on tender mercies. There's not but one source of that. Put on kindness. There's not but one source of that. Put on humility. There's not but one source of that. These things are only provided by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit does not reside in you, you can't put these things on. Now you can borrow them for a time because I've seen people that are not godly do acts of kindness. I've seen them have acts of humility but a lifestyle is not available to them because the source of what it takes to have these things is not in them. These are fruits of the Spirit. These are fruits of being a child of God. These are fruits of being chosen. The elect of God. Beloved. Holy. The, these things are, are unique to God's people. Not just anybody can do these things. Not just anybody can receive this. Look at. Let's, let, I don't, I don't want to go through. This is the part I said I was going to skip, and I'm trying my best to skip it. I really am. Tender mercy. I want to look at these as individuals, but not spend a lot of time on them. Tender mercies. Kindness think of this list as you read it tender mercies what is tender mercies well let's start breaking that that what does it mean for something to be tender soft huh a, a tender steak is easy to <laughs> thank you lord you know when these stories come to you in the middle of doing things sometimes they come with pictures Praise God. My father-in-law, God love him. One time, a long time ago, had to have all of his teeth pulled out. And they gave him some other teeth. But, of course, that's been a lot of years ago, and they weren't comfortable, and they hurt a lot. So he didn't wear them. So since I've known him, he's not had teeth. In order for him to eat things, it must be tender. My, my wife, they've shared a story with me about when she was a little girl, and her dad had first, you know, not, not now he don't have any teeth. Somebody made the comment about her daddy not having teeth. She said, yeah, he's got teeth. They're in his drawers at home. <laughs> because that's where she, he brought them home and put them in his sock drawer, and that's where they've been ever since. And when I think about things being tender, I really think about him, because since I've known him, since I've known the man, he's not had teeth, and I've sat down with him and eat steaks and cheeseburgers and 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 gnaw ribs off, he cleaned up a chicken bone like somebody you ain't never seen before. (laughs) He's developed that ability, but it must be tender. So, tender mercies, tenderness, we think of softness and and, and things that are, are gentle on your gums when you try to eat them. And what is mercy? What is mercy? Grace and mercy. You know, it's hard sometimes to keep these two divided. One is God giving you what you don't deserve. One is God holding back what you do deserve. So which one's which? How do you you distinguish that in your mind to be able to keep up with it so when you get into word things like this right here, the the right one pops in your mind. Mercy is God holding back what you deserve. Mercy is God holding back what you deserve. That's God holding His wrath from you because that's what we all deserve is God's wrath. I can attest I won't want no part of what I deserve. Mercy is God holding back what you deserve. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. His love. His mercy. <laughs> you know, a part of, a part of grace is... His mercy, that's why they're so closely tied together. So we got tender mercies, being gentle with people. You know, if you don't leave room for people to mess up, you're not going to get along with people very well. Because no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're dealing with, you're always dealing with imperfect beings. And that includes every one of us. No one of us has perfected this thing yet. We're imperfect. So we need room for grace in our relationships. We need room for mercy in our relationships. And that's what this is talking about. Put on tender mercies. Being able to be gentle with somebody and have some mercy. Hold back what they deserve. Hold back what they deserve. Look at the next one. Kindness. Kindness. We all heard about acts of kindness and doing uh, what the world considers to be good things. This This is God's kindness. This is God giving things we don't deserve. This is God holding back things we do deserve. And then expecting us to do that same thing for other people. It's easy to look at other people and go, well, they got what they deserved. <laughs> Lord, help us. Because if He starts handing out what we deserve, we're all in trouble. Because what we deserve is the wrath of God. That's what we deserve. That's what every one of us deserves Humility, again I'm not going to try to spend a lot of time on these I just want to get your mind thinking about the things that are in this list Humility, being humble I've told this story a thousand times And if he ever discovers I'm on the internet I may have troubles at work But I'm going to tell the story again I have a a fellow that works with me A young man just out of high school not long And me and him don't always see eye to eye His raisins and mine's a little bit different. No, they're a lot different. A whole lot. And and we get into this discussion about the radio in the shop. The radio that's in the shop belongs to me. I bought it. It's mine. And I bought it and it's mine so I get to have control over it. Well, for 12 and a half years, somebody else is in this same boat with me. For 12 and a half years, I was the guy in the shop. So that wasn't a problem. I'm the shop guy. Well, now they've put me in a truck. I'm not the shop guy. I'm just there from time to time. He's the shop guy. But it's my radio. (laughs) So we came up with this compromise. And and, and when I'm there, I listen to it, you know, from this time to this time. And then he gets it from this time to this time. And then I get it for the rest of the day. And and if any Braves games come on, I automatically get it. (laughs) Well... These songs, he likes country music. And I did put stipulations, we ain't going over there. We're going to stay in this genre, and that's as far as I'm, or we'll, I'll take it home, throw it away, whatever. So the country music. And there's this song. that, that he, I always tell him how evil that music, and I, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, you just have to be there. I'm, I'm trying to convince him that feeding the Spirit's more important than anything else, and, and that music's not doing that. That's his question to me, why, why do you not like, I, it ain't that I don't like country music. I growed up on country, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think country music in and of itself is evil, I just don't think it feeds my spirit, and I, my spirit needs to be fed. So he tries to come up with songs that when they come on he'll go, that, there ain't nothing evil about that song. Well one of them was, there's a song called Humble and Kind, Always Be Humble and Kind. And he'd say, man, when he'd come on, he'd just hit, they ain't nothing evil in that song. That's a good song. I said, he said, and he'd walk, always be humble and kind. And he sings about like I do. <laughs> and one day I said, hang on, cuz, can you, can you define humble for me? He said, yeah. I said, cuz you keep claiming you're always humble and kind. And I don't always see that. So, can you explain what humble is? Sure I can. Humble is believing in yourself. Humble is knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt that I can do anything I put my mind to. I went, whoo, Lord help us. you all further than I thought you'd be. I mean, like humble's over here and you on the other side of the world from it because humility is not believing nothing about yourself. Humility is having an understanding that you put yourself below everybody else. No matter the situation or the circumstances, you're always looking at yourself last. Your definition says you look at yourself first. You're opposite. You've got it swapped. Humility is me knowing and understanding that I'm not capable of anything. That I've got to have the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life or or nothing is possible. But because of that presence, anything is possible. Man, it opened my eyes to, to, to know that everybody don't have a clear understanding of. What about meekness? A lot of times this word is confused with weakness. Meekness is not being weak, meekness is not laying down and letting the world use you as a doormat, meekness is closely related to humility. You ever heard them? when I think of meekness, I always think of a mouse. I have no idea where that comes from, but that's the first image that comes in my, and, and, and I've tried to make it make sense to me, and the quietness of a mouse. And the, the not being seen. You know, a mouse does a lot. You just come in one day and your whole pack of crackers has been eaten. But you never seen the mouse. Right? He just kind of meekly done that. He just kind of come in and made it happen and left. Right? And again, that's a long stretch. But I just got to make things work in my world. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm at with it. Y'all help me if, I am, if I'm off base. Somebody stop me. Afterwards, because it will be embarrassing to me now. It will be on the internet and everything. (laughs) Long-suffering. Again, I'm trying not to spend a lot of time, because this ain't even where I want to be. Long-suffering. This is the one that I probably talk about with people more than any of them. You ain't going to believe what such and such did. (laughs) Yeah, I will. Yes, I will, because they're a sinner. They were born that way. They're as imperfect a being as you are. So yeah, I believe they messed up. But here's what else I believe that the Bible mentions multiple times about us as the chosen, the elect, the holy, the beloved. Talks about us being long-suffering. You know what that means? That means they're going to get under your skin. You just got to learn to deal with it. You got to learn to be able to suffer long. To be able to Tolerate at times because sometimes it really does get that bad that it comes down to just being able to tolerate. But it's an instruction from God for us to be to put on, not to be to put on to clothe yourself in long suffering. It's not natural to you. What's natural to you is to pop off and give them what they deserve. That's what's natural. But that's not okay, because you are a chosen, right? You are elect, holy, beloved. You're different. You're set apart. You're not the same as everybody else. You don't respond to what you want to do. You respond with what God wants you to do. Long-suffering, that's one of the tough ones in my opinion. That's the one I struggle with the most, because I just want to tell people, pull your big girl britches up and get on with your business. Quit pouting. But that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to be long-suffering, to sit there and try to work through it and walk them through it and help them through it so that they come out the other side of it with their faith still intact because that's the most important thing. Bearing with one another. Whew, this is a tough one too. And forgiving one another. That one ain't no fun either. Bearing with one another would be walking with them through the things of this life. You know, we talked about the trials that are coming in this life. As long as you're in this world, there will be tribulation. You don't have to do that by yourself, according to Scripture. According to Scripture, it's my responsibility to bear with you, to share that load, to walk with you through it, whatever it is. This discussion is part of the reason we spent five hours at Cracker Barrel yesterday. Is trying to explain to them, you don't have to do this by yourself. They're in a tough spot. They got some tough things going on. The problem was they've been trying to do it by themselves. Heck, I'm the preacher. Who do I call? Find somebody because you ain't Superman. You're as human as the rest of us. And you know that I'm told to, be, to bear with one another. I'm told to share this burden with you. I'm told if I can't do nothing else, I can stand behind you and put my arms in your back and prop you up till God gets to to moving. Sometimes that's all I can do. I don't have all the answers. I don't have a magic wand. I can't make it go away. I can't make it stop hurting. But I can stand there and support you while you get to the place where it don't hurt as bad anymore. I can stand there and support you until you get to a place where you can catch your breath. I can stand there and support you until you can get back into a mindset where you understand and know that everything that happens, God is in control of. Because sometimes we forget them things. Sometimes we get physically and spiritually war slap out. And most of the time, it comes from trying to carry a burden by yourself. It does. It comes from you trying to be the strong one. You don't have to do that. I'm instructed to bear with you. I'm instructed to bear uh, uh, with one another, anybody. And again, I don't mean I got all the answers, and I don't mean anybody else does either. It don't mean somebody else has a magic wand, that if you can find the right person, they can make it go away. But it does mean that they're supposed to be willing to stand with you and prop you up till you get to a place where you can stand on your own again. And maybe we can get you strengthened up to a place where you're ready to fight again. Because this is a daily battle that we're in. A daily battle. Some battles are bigger than others. They really are. But we all fight in the battle. And we got to fight it together. Forgiving one another, if anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Boy, that's hurtful words for some folks. As Christ, not, he didn't just leave it at forgive one another. He took it all the way to say, forgive one another the way that Christ forgave you. <laughs> How did Christ forgive me? Well, according to Scripture, my sins are removed from me as far as the east is from the west, never to be seen again. In other words, I can't be held accountable again for that offense. That's forgiveness. I can't be held accountable again for that offense if I'm forgiven. So if you've forgiven somebody and every time you see them, the first thing that pops in your mind is what you owe them for what they did to you, you have not forgiven that person. You have not. That's not forgiveness. You're trying to forget it, but you ain't forgiven. Because forgiveness really is, the definition of forgiveness is that person cannot be held accountable for that, account, for that offense again. It's removed as far as the east is from the west. This used to be my favorite illustration of all times. So much so, my wife went and bought me a globe. And I never have it when I need it. That's because this part ain't in the notes. How far is the east from the west? Why does it say in Scripture as far as the east is from the west? If you start on a globe at the South Pole and you go north, what do you run into? The North Pole. If you start at the North Pole and you head south, what do you run into? If you start anywhere on the globe, anywhere at all, and you put your finger on the globe and you start rolling that globe this way, you're moving west. How far can you go before the east meets the west? It Never meets. It goes the other direction the same way and starting place does not matter. That's how far God... Re- and he expects me to forgive others in that same manner. That's big stuff. Great big stuff. But above all these things... If we're talking about words here, and, and we're looking at this and dissecting it, but is a connecting word, right? Right? It could, in other words, you can't understand what's after the butt until you understand what's before the butt, Right? You've got to understand that other stuff. More important than anything else, but above all these things. So if you understand the weightiness of what's already been said, put on tender mercies. Put on kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Bear with one another. Don't let your brother suffer alone. Don't let him try to bear that burden by himself. Forgive the way that... If you understand the weightiness of the things that have already been said, this next statement is going to blow your mind. Because he says, above these things. More important than anything I've already told you. It carries more weight than anything that's already been said. The action words again, put on. It don't come natural to you. You've got to make an effort to get it on. And he ain't talking about putting a little in your pocket. He's talking about suiting up in it. Put on love. Above everything else that's already been mentioned, put on love. Why is it that way? Why does he say above everything else? Why does it say but? Why why is this so important? I can tell you why. If you have the Corinthians definition of love in you, if you have agape love in you, then the other stuff that we just talked about ain't no problem. It'll be easy to you most days. I'm not saying it won't get tough, and not saying it'll always be that way, but it sure makes it make a whole lot more sense when you have an understanding of agape love. Because put on love which is the bond of perfection, the bond, it's the glue that holds it all together. It's the glue that makes it all possible. It's what takes broken marriages and makes them whole marriages again. It's what takes broken relationships and makes them complete living, breathing relationships again. It's the bond of perfection. There are no flaws in love. And there are no flaws in the areas of our life where love exists. It's the bond of perfection. It's what makes it all work. It's what holds it all together. It's what makes it all possible. It's the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God rule. Rule. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Peace of God. It means that no matter what is going on in this world and in this life, I know it's all good. Everything's going to be all right. Because I know above anything else, if I don't understand nothing else, this world is not my home. So the worst thing this world, anything and anybody in this world, the worst thing they can do to me is take my life. So? 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 That's the peace of God is that you look in the face of anything this world has to offer and goes, Worst you can do is kill me. Then my life begins. Absence from the body is presence with the Lord. Well, isn't that our whole goal? So that's the peace of God. Let the peace of God... So that means that when things are hard, when the burdens are big, when the forgiveness is too much, I don't forgive them I can forgive them, God. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. To know and understand, listen, none of this matters. The worst thing they can do is take your life. So, the best thing that can happen is to me to, to be with my Lord. So the worst thing this world can do is the starting point of the best thing that can possibly happen. That's the peace of God. Let that rule in your hearts. Understand that this world, we're just passing through. It's temporary. This is only for a time. Even the suffering, even when I go, well, that person's been suffering for 50 years. It's only for a time. And when it ends, man, it's going to get good. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body. Not just one. I ain't even going there. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. Remember the the title that that is in the Bible. And it's, it's man's words putting on. But the way this section of scripture is described is the character of the new man. That's what we're talking about is when the change takes place in me. This is the the character that should exude from me. This is the character that everybody should see in me. This is what causes the light to be brought into the darkness. Wherever I go, wherever I'm at, this is the way it's supposed to be. So, you were called in one body. So not by yourself. You're not the only one receiving these instructions. You were called to these instructions. You were called to let the peace of God rule in your hearts with others. You ain't got to battle this battle by yourself and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. First you've got to have the word of Christ. It's a whole different sermon for a whole different day. Go to 2nd Timothy, what's our Yeah, 2nd 2 Timothy 2:15. 2 be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Be diligent. Be diligent. Diligent is a zealous persistence in accomplishing a goal. A zealous persistence. Diligent. Be diligent to take on God's word. Be diligent to learn God's word. Be diligent to spend time in God's word. Be diligent to memorize God's word. Be diligent to hide it in your heart. Be diligent. Be diligent. A zealous persistence. You never get tired of it. You never give up. And you're not doing it out of duty. You're doing it because of a desire that burns inside of you. To be all you can be for the one who created you. Be diligent. To, show, to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. I can stand before God and go, God, I did all I could do. <laughs> can you honestly say that? Can you really say that in every scenario that today you could stand before God and go, I did all I could? If not, what are you waiting on? <laughs> be diligent. Be diligent. That way you can stand before God and not be ashamed. And you can rightly divide the word of God. You can rightly divide the word of truth, the holy scriptures. In other words, you can apply it. You ever heard somebody that knowed the Bible? I mean, it wasn't no doubt in your mind. Knowed the Bible. He knowed what it said. But then when you, when you talked to them and you conversed about things, it seemed to you that they were using it for things it wasn't meant to be used for. They were using it in ways. I had a guy that I, I mean, it wasn't no, This guy told me out of his own mouth that before he became a Christian, he studied God's word in order to justify the way he lived. He really did. He studied harder as a non-Christian than most people do as Christians, but it was for the wrong reason. He couldn't rightly divide it. He wasn't rightly dividing. He was using it to justify the way he lived. Rightly divide the word of truth. Get it poured in. Be diligent about it. Go back to Colossians and let's finish up. Verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, no matter... No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, no matter what time of day it is, how early, how late, you know, we get this perception in our minds that we can put Jesus in a box, we can put God in a box, and we can put him on a shelf in a closet somewhere. And when these friends come over, he don't have to hear what they're saying. Or when we're with this group of people, he don't have to be there and be present. Or when we're living this way or talking this way, he can't hear us because we've put him in that box and put him in the closet. And then what we want to do is walk by on Sunday morning on our way to church and take him out of that box and put him on so everybody can see him while we're at church. That's not how it works. That's not at all. How it works Do all that you do In word or deed No matter what you say No matter what you do No matter where you go No matter who you're with Let everything you do Be done In Jesus Christ One more scripture 1 Corinthians 10 31 And I'll quit 1 Corinthians 10 31 Therefore Whether you eat Drink Or whatever you do Do all to the glory of God. Everything you do. You do everything you do to bring glory to God, regardless of what it is. Whether we're talking about school, home, shopping, sport, it don't matter. Do everything you do to the glory of God. Everything you do. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what you say. Do it to the glory of God. And the only way to be able to do that and pull that off is to be able to put on these things. The only way to be able to put on these things is to have the plug-in to these things. The only way to have that is to have salvation. It all starts with heart condition. Every bit of it. Let's pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, again, I, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before this people and preach your word. I thank you for giving me this message and I thank you, Father, for helping me deliver this message. I pray, Father, that each one that's here today will somehow, some way, leave out of here different than how they came in. I pray, Father, that your genuine change takes place in their heart today. I pray, Father, for your guidance and your direction to continue for each one as we leave out of here. But I pray, Father, that nobody, nobody take credit for anything that's taking place in your house today. Father, that you would get all the glory for everything that takes place. We thank you. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.